No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we return to our study of the prophetic book of Isaiah. Even though Isaiah was from Judah, he prophesied about many nations, including Egypt and Ethiopia. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 18 on Simply the Bible. Isaiah was a prophet to Judah, but his prophecies were directed to many nations. Now, chapter 18 deals with the fifth burden or oracle of Isaiah to Gentile nations. It is directed to the land of Cush. That is the Hebrew word referring to the son of Ham and where his people ultimately settled after the flood. But Bible scholars believed that this corresponds to the nation of Ethiopia. We continue in Isaiah chapter 18. Woe to the land shadowed with buzzing wings, which is beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, which sends ambassadors by sea, even in vessels of reed on the waters, saying, Go, swift messengers, to a nation tall and smooth of skin, to a people terrible from their beginning onward, a nation powerful and treading down, whose land the rivers divide. Now, this prophecy begins with the word woe, but the Hebrew word can also be translated ah. It's an expression of getting one's attention. This is not a prophecy against Ethiopia, but actually reassurance. It is called a land shadowed with buzzing wings. Scholars are divided as to what that means. Some think it refers to the many mosquitoes and flies along the Nile, Others point to the many birds in the region. Still others see it as being figurative for the Ethiopians' frantic diplomatic activity. You see, they would send ambassadors via papyrus vessels seeking alliances to help them against the dreaded Assyrians. They were a nation of tall people and smooth-shaven skin. They had the reputation of being fearsome and aggressive, but they figured that they were no match for Assyria. Verse 3. All inhabitants of the world and dwellers on the earth, when he lifts up a banner on the mountains, you see it. And when he blows a trumpet, you hear it. God would use this situation to glorify his name before all the inhabitants of the world. He would lift a banner on the mountains for everyone to see. As the Lord sounded his battle trumpet, everybody would hear it. For so the Lord said to me, I will take my rest, and I will look from my dwelling place like clear heat in sunshine, like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. For before the harvest, when the bud is perfect and the sour grape is ripening in the flower, he will both cut off the sprigs with pruning hooks and take away and cut down the branches. They will be left together for the mountain birds of prey and for the beasts of the earth. The birds of prey will summer on them and all the beasts of the earth will winter on them. Now, while Ethiopia and the rest of the world trembled before the world-dominating Assyrians, the Lord took his rest. He did not have sweaty palms. The Assyrians were his servants to do his bidding and defeat nations until he was through with them and then he would judge them. Now in due time, the Lord would cut 
off the Assyrians like sprigs with a pruning hook. He would cut down their mighty branches. We will see the fulfillment of this when we get to Isaiah chapter 37. In one night, one angel would cut down 185,000 Assyrian troops and their corpses would be left open in the field where birds of prey and beasts of the earth would feed on them through summer and winter. The Ethiopians didn't need to scurry about seeking help from the arm of flesh. God would deliver them from their fierce enemy. Now, I think we many times are worried and upset about so many things that we see going on in the world that we really have no control over, and we are afraid, and we may even seek help from the arm of flesh. But do we call upon the name of the Lord? Blessed is the person or nation who trusts in the Lord, calling upon his name for help, for deliverance from our enemies and from everything else that makes us afraid. Verse 7, in that time, a present will be brought to the Lord of hosts from a people tall and smooth of skin and from a people terrible from their beginning onward, a nation powerful and treading down whose land the rivers divide to the place of the name of the Lord of hosts to Mount Zion. In gratitude, the Ethiopians would present gifts to the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem. Even though they had been known as a fierce people, they were very grateful for God rescuing them from the Assyrians who were so powerful. Now, whether this gift the Ethiopians would bring occurred after the fall of Assyria is not known. It could be that this looks forward to the nations that will gather together in worship in Jerusalem during the millennial reign of Christ. We come now to chapter 19, which deals with Isaiah's sixth burden or oracle to the nations. This one is directed against Egypt. The burden against Egypt, behold, the Lord rides on a swift cloud and will come into Egypt. The idols of Egypt will totter at his presence and the heart of Egypt will melt in its midst. Now, history tells us that Egypt was originally monotheistic as were all peoples immediately after the flood, but they gradually lapsed into idolatry. The Apostle Paul's words in Romans 1.21 are a fit description of what happened in Egypt. Although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. The Egyptians worshipped many creatures, including the bull, frog, scarab, an insect, fish, and all sorts of birds. When God delivered the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt, he judged not only Pharaoh and the Egyptians, but also their gods, proving that they were no gods at all. Nevertheless, they continued to cling to their worthless idols. Therefore, God would judge them and the hearts of the Egyptians would melt. I will set Egyptians against Egyptians. Everyone will fight against his brother and everyone against his neighbor, city against city, kingdom against kingdom. There is nothing that will debase 
and demoralize a culture so swiftly as idolatry. And anything that comes between us and our worship of the Lord Almighty is an idol. Because of this demoralizing effect, there would be civil war in Egypt. Everyone would fight against his brother and neighbor. Now, isn't that what we are seeing happening in our own nation? Political and racial divides run deep. But we have turned from our trust in the Lord. We have forsaken the righteous standards of his word. And people are doing what is right in their own eyes. This will always result in internal conflicts, lack of moral resolve, and national weakness. The spirit of Egypt will fail in its midst. I will destroy their counsel, and they will consult the idols and the charmers, the mediums and the sorcerers, and the Egyptians I will give into the hand of a cruel master. And a fierce king will rule over them, says the Lord, the Lord of hosts. The Egyptians would resort to their charmers, mediums, and sorcerers, but to no avail. They had been world famous for their wisdom, but their wisdom would soon fail them, and God would deliver them into the hand of a cruel master and fierce king. Now, this cruel master cannot be identified with certainty from history, although some scholars point to Semeticos, who arose as a cruel and tyrannical leader and brought some semblance of unity to Egypt. Verse 5, the waters will fail from the sea and the river will be wasted and dried up. The rivers will turn foul. The brooks of defense will be emptied and dried up. The reeds and rushes will wither. The papyrus reeds by the river, by the mouth of the river, and everything sown by the river will wither, be driven away, and be no more. The great industries and wealth of Egypt would suffer ruin. Probably from a drought, the Nile River would be wasted and dried up. The reeds and rushes along the riverbank would wither. This prophecy has literally been fulfilled today as these reeds no longer exist as they once did. The papyrus reeds were the means of exporting papyrus as a writing material throughout the Mediterranean world, but that industry is gone. The fishermen also will mourn. All those will lament who cast hooks into the river, and they will languish who spread nets on the waters. Egypt used to have an abundant fishing industry, but that has disappeared as well. People no longer fish the Nile, and even the fishing industry in the Mediterranean at the mouth of the Nile has dramatically decreased. It is interesting that with the construction of the Aswan High Dam, the nutrients that used to flow down the Nile and into the sea were drastically reduced, having a devastating effect on the fishing industry. The average fish catch declined from nearly 35,000 tons in 1962 to less than one-fourth of this catch in 1969. Hardest hit was the sardine fishery from a total of 18,000 tons in 1962 to a mere 460 tons in 1968. However, in recent years, there has been a noticeable increase in the sardine catch along the Egyptian coast, but still less than a third of what it once was. Moreover, those who work in fine flax, those who weave fine fabric will be ashamed, and its foundations will be broken. All who make wages will be troubled of soul. Egypt was once known for its thriving industry in the manufacturing of fine linen, but that has also vanished. 
All these changes in Egypt's industry and wealth stand as a remarkable fulfillment of God's prophetic word through Isaiah. Surely the princes of Zoan are fools. Pharaoh's wise counselors give foolish counsel. How do you say to Pharaoh, I am the son of the wise, the son of ancient kings? Where are they? Where are your wise men? Let them tell you now and let them know what the Lord of hosts has purposed against Egypt. The princes of Zoan have become fools. The princes of Noph are deceived. They have also deluded Egypt, those who are the mainstay of its tribes. The Lord has mingled a perverse spirit in her midst, and they have caused Egypt to err in all her work. As a drunken man staggers in his vomit, neither will there be any work for Egypt, which the head or tail, palm branch or bulrush may do. You see, man's counsel and efforts will never stand against God's word and his almighty hand. All of this should convince us that it is folly to trust in the arm of flesh. God is sovereign over the earth. He commands the nations and sets their boundaries. He deposes rulers and raises others up. And my prayer is that we as a nation would turn back to reliance upon the Lord before it is too late. You and I may not be able to influence the entire nation, but I can choose to make the Lord my God and so can you. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tomorrow we will see that in the future, Egypt will turn to the Lord, and Egypt, Iraq, and Israel will be blessed. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.